Hey, my name is Philip Craig. I'm the pastor here at Aria Church. Thanks so much for joining us. I hope this podcast empowers you, hope it fuels your faith, and hope it impacts your life. Enjoy the message. I remember um, not too long ago, anyone ever been on MSN Messenger back in the day? Anyone remember that? That's how we used to communicate before Facebook was around. Uh, and I remember uh, when I was young, you know, sometimes when you're young, you think you know more than you do. I used to come out with statements, giving advice that I didn't, wasn't qualified to give. And um, we used to say things like, everything happens for a reason. The problem is sometimes that reason was because I was an idiot. And, and, and in reality, that's where sometimes... We, that's just a, a bit of a silly statement because obviously it happens for a reason. But the problem is, what is the reason? Was the reason because I made a mistake or I, I, I done something wrong or I failed? Because sometimes that is the reason. Did you realize that? When we say those things, it's not really a, it's just a, a cop-out statement at times. And yeah, there's, sometimes we mean it in a way where we just don't understand and life just throws situations that we don't get. It's a mystery, and we just have to embrace it and, and take what's good from it and, and leave the bad. And so I get it from that perspective, but sometimes it's a cop-out. And to be quite honest, it sounded good for me to say that, but I probably didn't really understand what I was saying. And I think in some ways, uh, life is complicated. In some ways, as we look to the next generation, I don't think any generation ever gets it all right. And so this is what I love about the gospel. This is what I love about Jesus is that we can take the pressure off ourselves if we point our kids and the next generation to someone who is perfect, as someone who does get it right, someone who does know the reason why everything happens, which is beyond our capacity and it's way beyond our pay grade. And so I think the success, I think as a church, what we're trying to do to promote as a church is to put the, the pressure on God, to cast our cares on Him. Essentially, that's what we're doing when we, we cast our cares. We're saying, God, I don't get it all, but you do. I'm created, you're the creator. And so, so we're going to fall into position and we're going to play our part. Actually, Naomi, you couldn't throw me that little pipe or pass it. Thank you. And so today's message, what I want to talk to you about, has anyone ever seen the Olympics or the Commonwealth Games at the minute? And sometimes they have an event called the relay. And they have a little thing called a baton or a tube. And they have to pass the baton the whole way around the circuit. I remember doing this at school. And, and as you're waiting on the baton to come, you have to, to get ready. You have, there's a certain way of doing it in order to do it efficiently, effectively, but also what I would do is I would run before the, the person behind me would come. I would have to run ahead of time to get up to speed, and then I, I would have to put my hand out. But the problem is there was a window of opportunity. If I went past the line, I was disqualified. And in reality, in my own life, I've been disqualified so many times by missing opportunity, by saying the wrong thing at the wrong time, by just doing plainly the wrong thing on purpose because I thought I knew better. But thank God that he's a God of grace. 
Thank God that he doesn't just give us one chance at the relay. He gives us multiple chances. We actually see a picture of a relay in the Old Testament with the people of Israel. Because it says they circled in the desert. They were doing relays after relays. And they were, it took them 40 years to go a journey that should have taken 11 days. They relayed. And they were learning very slowly. Is anyone with me? Anyone like me? And they learn very slowly. Honestly, my wife told me, we, bought, we got two new toothbrushes. One was green, and the other one, she said it was pink, but it looked more like salmon. <laughs> and I couldn't remember which one was mine, and so I just don't even think in the morning or at night when I, I'm not thinking. Does any other men struggle with not having that box where nothing happens? It's called the nothing box, and you're just kind of zoning out. I know the women know this already. I, and I keep getting it wrong. And I keep missing the window of opportunity to move forward and stay in my wife's good books. It's a hard job. <laughs> Can I get an amen from the men? I'm not alone. Let's have a group after and just kind of talk about it <laughs> and support each other. And so I want to talk to you about someone who actually Dr. Pete spoke about a few weeks back, Jacob. Jacob, because the, actually Israelites were named after, J Jacob had a name change from Jacob to Israel. And then the people of God were named Israel, the people who circled. But actually, as I looked into Jacob, I realized that Jacob circled a lot. And so today's message is called Passing on the Baton. Let's pray. God, I just pray and thank you that you're a God that wants us to pass on the baton you do want us disqualified. You are a functional God, and you've, you've given us the ability to function well through your grace. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, Amen. Amen. So we're going to pick up Jacob's life at the very end, and then we're going to go back just for a few minutes. And here's a verse that we read at the end of Jacob's life in Genesis 48. It says, Then Israel, or Jacob, said to Joseph, I'm about to die, but God will be with you and take you back to the land of your fathers. What Jacob is saying in his old age, at this moment where he has breath to live, the most valuable moments in his life, his last moments, where everything came to a head, all his memories, all his moments, all his madness came to a head, this is what he had to say. He was speaking words of restoration. He was speaking words of redemption over the next gen. gen. He, he had learned some things along the way through the cycles of life, and he had some things he wanted to say. But I want to, I want, I want to skip back to the start of humanity. See, who was speaking here was not the young Jacob. It was the old Jacob. It was the experienced Jacob. It was the Jack, Jacob who had made multiple mistakes. We start off at the beginning of time, and we have Adam and Eve. And so, here's God. He's starting to bring divinity and humanity together. And very quickly, sin enters. So we have man and we have woman, and they're both dysfunctional. And God says, hey, let's put them together and see what happens. <laughs> let's hope for the best. Let's hope this thing works out. Well, it didn't take too long before things started to go south. <laughs> and if we fast forward a little bit, Jacob's actually name, a few generations on, means deceiver. 
Imagine your parents naming you a name which means deceiver. Like, you're not off to a good start. Things have already started bad if they've called you something which means deceiver. But, but this deceiver ended up as a good father. So it wasn't the end. See, just because you come from a dysfunctional background doesn't mean you can't learn to function well. Your past dysfunction doesn't have to dictate your future destination. Only because we start bad doesn't mean we can't finish good. And so the first generation that comes along, or the father, uh, a few generations on again, we are, are before um, Jacob, we have Abraham. And these are figures that we rhyme off within the Scripture time and time again. Abraham um, was dysfunctional too. The Bible records stories where he lied about his wife. He said it was his sister. And then he got Hagar pregnant. And he made all kinds of messes within the family. Come on, don't put your hands up. Anyone from a dysfunctional family here this morning? Don't put your hand up, but I know inside you know. <laughs> you see, Abraham was not the man of God that he ended up being at this moment in time. He had a concubine. If you don't know what that is, you can research that later. But God still gave him a child in his old age. I always wonder, why did God give him a child in his old age? Maybe it was because God didn't want to reflect his early self, but his later self. Because as, as people, as a generation, we give the next generation an image of what looks, what is right to them. We give them something to copy and so the question is, what are, what are they copying? What have we give them? See, you may have been locked up, failed at married, lied, done dirty deals, got someone praying, have been rejected, and still it is possible for God to help you finish strong. Can I get an amen? Because you can cry your way into new creation. You can apologize your way into freedom, and you can repent your way into righteousness. Well, what did Abraham do? The Bible says, because Abraham believed in God, it was counted unto him as righteous. See, you don't have to allow the gravitational pull of your past to pull you into the whirlwind of isolation and increased dysfunction. You don't have to allow the past examples to dictate your future example. See, Abraham resisted the pull. He learned through some of the failed opportunities and cycles, and he began to move forward slowly. Did you know that Abraham is actually the father of the Jews, the Muslims, and us as Christians? They all actually point back to Abraham as their father. He's a very influential guy, but yet he was still a liar, he was still dysfunctional, he was still a mess at one point. I find this so interesting so Abraham lied about his wife, Sarah. And then a, few genera a generation on, Isaac lied about his wife, Rebecca. It was as if he took the image of his father and he just done the same thing. Isaac told his father's lies without experiencing his father's lies. There's something that just passes on. Have you ever heard the statement, they married their mother? They married their mother. They married their father. My wife's devastated sometimes because she's like, oh, no, I married my dad. 
I'll not tell you why, but my my dad, the dishes aren't done. <laughs> I'll stop there. See, changing your beliefs is the beginning of rebuilding your life. Because Abraham believed in God, it was counted unto him as righteous. Because he had a change of belief. You see, when you believe in God, all of a sudden, God is your ultimate father. He begins to give you a different image. The Bible says that we are image bearers. We're made in the image of God. When we begin to see God, we see perfection. He, when we see perfection, it starts to call out our dysfunction and allows us to put straight paths where we have circles, where we have missed opportunities, where we have brokenness. It allows us to break those chains. I love it when God asked Adam, in the, Adam and Eve in the garden, who told you that? Because they were running away from God with shame. Really what he was saying is, why did you believe that? Why did you think running away is normal? from the problem? Why did you think running away from relationship is normal? Because they followed a father of lies, Satan. And that same thing happens in our lives. So let's look at Isaac again. Isaac married Rebecca, who was then the deceiver. Why? Because she helped Jacob deceive Isaac, the father. Come on, I'm trying to make you feel good today. Some of you came into church for the first time in a long time. And you're like, I'm about to burn up. Are they going to welcome me? Well, we're talking about people that God used all throughout the scriptures. They're deceivers, they're cheats, they're manipulators, they're broken, they're messed up, but God still used them. See, see Jacob's name was changed from deceiver to Israel, which means to wrestle with God or to contend with God. And if we're honest in our relationships, whether you're married or whether you're not, or with your brothers and your sisters or your family of any kind, in reality, to wrestle with anyone or to have tension with anyone, it actually indicates that you're in relationship. To wrestle with your identity means you're still fighting. It means you're still in the game. It means you're still there. If there's no wrestle... There's no, nothing present. There's no relationship that exists. Before he just deceived. But now he's wrestling, he's contending. And essentially that often is what life looks like as we grow, as we circle, as we cycle. We're in contention against the sinful patterns of our past, of our past generations. We're in contention. But as we break those cycles, we, we give the, the next generation an opportunity for better days, for more function. Because iron sharpens iron. Now watch this, I love this point. And we're not, we're nearly done. So let's fast forward to the new, or let's fast forward a generation, a few generations on, we have Moses. And Moses has just killed someone, but he's God's chosen. And so he's isolated himself, he's ran away from Egypt, and he's in a field. And he's in, there for, he's in the field for a long period of time, and he's feeling lost, he's feeling insecure, he's lo he doesn't feel worthy probably. And then a burning bush appears. And it reads like this in Exodus 3. It says, do not come any closer. This is God said this. Take off your sandals for this, the place where you're standing is holy ground. 
Then he said, watch this, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. I'm the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, all of these dysfunctional people. Now, what was interesting in that is he didn't use the word Israel, he used the word Jacob. Meaning, God was not afraid to use the word deceiver. I'm the God of that guy who was a deceiver. Meaning, I'm the God who redeemed him to Israel. I'm the God who brought him into relationship. I'm the God that didn't give up on him because he was a mess. I think God is trying to speak some things to Moses. I know you're insecure. I know you're not feeling worthy. I know you're not confident because Moses was nervous about going back to Egypt. Because why? His sin. He killed someone. His sin disqualified him, but God is saying, I still can qualify you if you change your beliefs, if you trust in me and not in yourself. See, God is not afraid of your humanity. He doesn't shy away from our reality. Jacob ended up being the son who produced the 12 sons of, of Israel, the 12 tribes of Israel. Then we had the 12 disciples. God worked through the lineage of Jacob, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You see, every moment and every memory matters. It plays this role to helping you become the person God intended you to become. God knows the start you got. God knows your past. God knows the generations that went past. He understands it, and he uses it all if you hand it to him. See, God is not surprised. What I love this. Jacob lives his life with human moments and divine moments, flawed moments and favorite moments, hurtful moments and happy moments, sad moments and failures, issues, good opportunities and bad opportunities, closed doors, open doors, ups, downs, left turns, right turns, right turn, outside and inside, off track and on track, in God's will, outside of God's will. How often does life look like that? It's not perfect. It is messy. It can be dysfunctional. But God's bigger picture, he wants to bring function to our dysfunction. Can I get an amen? See, see, we see at the end of Jacob's life, it's the old Jacob speaking. It's not the young one. It's the one who's went through high water, who's went through hell on earth. Remember Jacob's story of how he lost Joseph. Some of you remember how he lost his family. His family actually tried to kill Joseph, the son. They cast him away. They thought it killed him. And then he was the redeemer for their family, of providing for their family in later life. And here we have at the end of, of Jacob's life, the family's back together. It's a beautiful picture of a love story of redemption. How, how sin actually destroyed their family, but God redeemed it. Sin brought dysfunction to the family, but it, in the grand scheme, God restored it. Everything the devil tried to steal, God gave it back. I'm going to finish off here. In Genesis 49, verses 1, it says this, Then Jacob called for his sons, all of them, the whole family, and said, Gather around. This is at the very end of his life, because it goes on to say then he, he died. Gather around so I can tell you 
what will happen to you in the days to come. He's going to prepare them. He's still thinking about their welfare. He's so functional, and he's so functional, so clear-minded in this moment. Assemble and listen carefully, sons of Jacob. Listen to your father Israel. Number one, he's, he makes the next generation a priority. He had only a few breaths left to breathe, and he decided to gather his sons. See, sometimes when you make the next generation a priority, it looks like creating the right environment. It looks like organizing the right party. It looks like organizing the right space. At his deathbed, he said, this is my last moment. I want to give it to the next gen. See, this week we had summer blast. We organized. We created space. The guys put so much energy into it. They have prioritized the next gen to teach them, to equip them, to prepare them for the life ahead in the hope that they could make a few less mistakes than we would make. Can I get an amen? Number two, he gave them their, his most valuable space and time to equip them. He gave them an image that, that would last. He created a moment, a divine moment that they would re remember for all of the days of their life. He, he stopped. He didn't, he, he didn't want to talk about his car. He didn't want to talk or, or, or speak life over his house or, or his bank account or his, or his medals or his worldly achievements. None of that was mentioned. What he mentioned was his sons. Who he spoke to was his sons, the next gen. But he gave them his most valuable time. And so the question is, where is your most valuable time going? Is it in your phone, at the dinner table, at home? throughout the week? Is it looking after your temporal body? Is, is, is all of your time going to that? Are you prioritizing your image, your temporal image, or your legacy image, or your generational image? Because people don't, listen, we all fall apart. Is anyone, can I get an amen to that? We all fall, our bodies are falling apart. What was it to say, as you get older, it takes twice as long to look half as good. <laughs> Come on, you can give me an amen to that, somebody. <laughs> I'm feeling it. <laughs> Thirdly and lastly, prepare them for the future. He took his sons and he spoke not just to their strengths. He didn't just prepare them for the good days. He prepared some of them for the bad days. He says, listen, there's going to be some things happen because of your past investments, because of your past decisions. Prepare. And then the other ones who had done the right thing, hey, there's going to be blessing ahead, prepare. Because sometimes you have to, it takes the equal amount of humility to endure blessing and also hardship. Did you know, if we're not careful when we're blessed and we're comfortable, pride can kick up and some beliefs can get in that shouldn't be there if we do not continue to give glory to God in the good as well as the bad. And so prepare them for the future. Connect, what's, I love this. He connected them to something bigger than themselves. He connected them to a bigger story. You see, what is the church? The church, we're just one church of millions of churches. The church has been in revival for thousands of years. We're part of a bigger story. than our, When you connect to a local church family, you connect to something bigger than yourself. 
When you connect to God the Father, you're, you're submitting under something bigger than yourself. You're submitting to a, a Father that's bigger, better, more perfect, more powerful than yourself. Actually, I remember somebody saying uh, that every person, man and woman, the most healthy thing you can do in life is bow the knee to something. Why? Because it brings a posture of humility. And you work at best when you're in a posture of humility. When, when you realize you're not the be-all, end-all. If you've seen some of the celebrities out there who maybe get good at MMA, a local one, not too far away in Dublin there. Some of you might know him by the, the name McGregor. Started to believe his own hype so much, it becomes dysfunctional. It, it's a downward curve. We all need to bow the knee to something and that's why God fits. And that's why Jesus fits as Lord, not just as friend, but as Lord. We bow the knee. And so I, lastly, I'll finish with this. In this moment, at his deathbed, all his sons are around, the family is gathered. The most beautiful thing that he'd done and, and the most um, curse-breaking, generational curse-breaking thing that Jacob done in this moment is he gave his sons a new image to take into the next generation. He pointed them to the best sense of himself. The best version of himself was at the end and not at the beginning. And see, some of us have went through some journeys, but if you've still got breath in your lungs, God has still got purpose for you on this earth. It's not over until it's over. And so I want to encourage some people in here, it's never too late to finish strong. It's never too late to bow the knee. It's never too late to give God glory for the good and the bad. It's never too late to learn lessons. It's never too late to function well. It's never too late to pass the baton on because there's a window of opportunity right now and you can make it. And you can represent strong. Can I get an amen? We're going to move on to the next part of our service. If we go ahead and stand. We're going to, going to go into a song, but I always love to give an opportunity for people. You know, there's maybe a bunch of people in here who maybe you haven't been in church, haven't thought about God, just kind of living life your own way. And I get it. Sometimes it's easy to just bury your head in the sand, isn't it? And just life's crazy. You go onto the news and you're depressed within seconds. You, you under, people, I actually heard a guy speaking there on Facebook because that's a really good place to air all of your thoughts, right? All, you, all of your deepest, darkest secrets, just put them on a status and let everyone see it. But anyhow, he communicated and I read it. And He was just saying about how he was frustrated probably with the whole God thing and church. And He's like, what's it all about? This world's a mess. This world is just like, I don't get it. He was just confused. He certainly understood that there was sin. He certainly understood that there was dysfunction. He certainly understood all of that stuff, but he just couldn't piece it together. And he was right. As much as he was frustrated with church and his experience of God and whatever else, he, and he's on a journey, and I'm praying for him. And, but I think we're all the same. But I think one thing is clear, is that as people by ourselves, living for ourselves through our own filter, we don't have the answers to life we, by ourselves inside ourselves. 
But Jesus does have, an, have the answer. And that's what the cross represents, is that he came to deal with our dysfunction, with our issues, with our shame, with our brokenness, with our guilt. It's a problem. And he knew it, but he dealt with it. And I just love how God is still changing people's lives today as they surrender their life to him, as they hand their life back and say, God, I submit under your, under your mighty hand. I bow the knee. I give it back. And listen, life's still complicated, but it's a lot less complicated when we do things God's way. And so maybe in here today, hope you enjoyed the podcast today. I hope it encouraged you. There's a few things I'd love you to do. I'd love you to subscribe to our YouTube, iTunes, or Spotify account. This is so you can keep up with our most recent material and messages. If this ministry has impacted your life and you'd love to help us reach others, you can do that right now by going to ariachurch.org and giving now. Cannot wait to see you next week on the Ariat Church podcast.